This is Foul Players Radio, your podcast for arts, entertainment, and pop culture. Welcome. My name is Michael Spedden, your host. Every episode features fun, fascinating stories about people in the performing arts, actors, authors, dancers, writers, musicians, athletes, you name it. Folks who are center stage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a proud production of the Foul Players Group and the official podcast of the Foul Players of Perryville. Hey folks, Michael Spedden here, another episode of Foul Players Radio, www.foulplayersradio.com or wherever you find podcasts online, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, you'll find us there. You'll also see us now on YouTube. If you're watching me right now, you'll know that I have a face for radio and we have a YouTube channel. So if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe and like button. And be sure to share it with all of your friends. And also, leave us a nice rating and a review. We would definitely appreciate it. Glenda Baker is our guest this week. She's a country music lyricist who combines her passion for poetry, music, and storytelling to create songs based on her life experiences, dreams, and prayers. Originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Glenda was always captivated by the pool and excitement of Las Vegas, and at age 24, moved there to pursue her dreams of becoming a casino host. There, she spent years meeting people from all walks of life and hearing people's stories across various spectrums and seasons of life. Glenda started her songwriting career in 2020 while the, word, while the world was trying to wait out the pandemic, and Glenda has now produced seven songs, two of which are currently available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and various other platforms. In addition to her songwriting career, Glenda is producing and directing a movie called Osiris that will be filming in the fall of 2022. The Foul Players of Perryville will be on the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad on August 13th, September 10th, October 8th and 29th. Tickets are available at www.foulplayersofperryville.com or at www.wmsr.com. The Foul Players of Perryville are going to be on Maryland Party Boat July 24th. Tickets are available at www.foulplayersofperryville.com or marylandpartyboat.com. You can find Glenda's music at various places online. Uh, her links to Amazon and all the other places are listed in the show notes, so make sure you check those out and go listen to some of her music. It's really good stuff. We'll be right back with Glenda Baker right after these words. Hello, folks. I'm here with Rebecca Jessup from the Habit of Grace Arts Collective. Uh, Rebecca, tell us about all the events that you have coming up for August. We have a lot going on. The majority of them are going to be at the Opera House, which is in Habit of Grace. But um, here is the lowdown. So at the beginning on uh, the first weekend in August, August 5th and 6th and 7th, we have something called the Habit of Grace Mosaic Project. And this is an immersive presentation in our black box where folks can come in have images all around them. And it uh, talks about the years of Inhabited Grace from 1900 to 1925. And in the future, there'll be additional ones for additional decades. Um, also, we are celebrating our fifth anniversary in the first weekend. So on August the 6th, we will be having our big hair birthday bash. With <laughs> Eclipse, the ultimate journey tribute band. Um, you don't want to miss that. That's going to be really big fun. And uh, we're going to have throwback prices for wine and beer. 
On uh, Friday, August 12th, we have the Eric Bird Trio. It's going a little bit different from Journey to the Eric Bird Trio, which is some jazz. You can sit back and just relax. Um, and then, of course, for the kids on August the 13th, that's Saturday, we have uh, stories, folk tales, and fables for the young and young at heart uh, here in the fire hall, which is one of the uh, spaces we have here at the Opera House. We have the actual theater. We have the black box and then we have the fire hall where we have some um, some events. So that's definitely all family oriented that for the stories, folk tales and fables. Um, and then on um, August the 13th, the same day in the evening, we have a rockin' band called Revolution Heroes. Come here and rock the night away. So for something a little different, we have a week later on August the 20th. You can, we have the Madam Mims Experience, tarot readings for everyone. So you can come, have your tarot uh, tarot cards read and see what's going to go on in your life. Everyone wants to know about that. Uh, the majority of our events are at the Opera House, but this event um, on August the 20th, which is also Saturday, you'll be having at the new Star Center which is previously the Harvard Grace High School, which is now a beautiful, wonderful performing arts venue. We will be having David Clark's All About Joel, Billy Joel Tribute. And we expect to have a really big uh, crowd there. It's gonna be wonderful. So sit back and relax and hear all your favorite Billy Joel songs. Here's something a little bit different too. On Sunday, August 21st, you can have body paint yoga. <laughs> So it's a way to express yourself using yoga and then painting with your body. So you definitely want to check that out. August 27th, we have uh, a wonderful musician, excuse me, magician. His name is Rand Shine. His real name is Randy Shine. And we will have a master class in magic followed by a magic show right afterwards. So that will be fun for families and the kids. On um uh, though that will actually take us to the end of August. Um, for folks wanting more information, this was a whole lot. Uh, you can find out more at www.hdgartscollective.org. Also, one thing I didn't mention is we have a great youth arts program. And all the programs are on the website. They are all free for children. It includes painting, um, all, all kinds of crafts. And that generally happens on Saturday mornings at 10. So uh, that's what we have. Wonderful. Folks, make sure you go check out all of these programs and all these shows that they have over there. Um, they're really putting together some great things for us in the community. So uh, thank you, Rebecca. And folks, make sure you go check it out. Thank you. Hi, this is Bud Becker, and you're listening to Foul Players Radio. Give me a go on that. This is A.D. Adams, and you are tuned in to Foul Players Radio with your host, Michael Spedden. Yeah, hi, this is David Simmons from DC Star, and I am just encouraging all of you to tune in to Michael Spedden's show on Foul Players Radio and love the rock and roll of the past and the art of the future. Folks, welcome back to another episode of Foul Players Radio. From the great state of Georgia, we have Glenda Baker, a songwriter who has come to visit us tonight and tell us about her new material that's been out on the uh, airwaves and on the internet and everywhere else. So welcome, Glenda. It's good to have you today. 
Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah, so you've been up to a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording, and you know, you've been involved in lots of different endeavors over the years, but you really got into songwriting, I believe, I guess, kind of during the pandemic, which was sort of a uh, back to the drawing board pe- uh, period for a lot of people out there, you know, people that had been writing music and couldn't go out and perform, people that have been, you know, in theater or what have you, Um so you kind of have this you know, material coming out now. You're doing pretty well with it. So kind of tell us the story about how this kind of came about and um, how it's been working for you so far. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I had written poetry for a very long time, actually, ever since I was um, a little girl. And then one day um, I, I was talking to my son and we were looking at my poetry and I was thinking, you know, these are all continuations of each other. I could take this poetry and turn it into a song. And he didn't believe that I could do that, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm not only going to do that. I'm going to get it on the radio. It's going to be a hit. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't believe it, mom. And (laughs) (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I, I pieced it together and um, got with the studio in Nashville. And once it was completed, um, I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? I've got to do something with this. I've got to prove to him that I'm just not talking. Like I want him to know that he can do anything he says his mind to. So I started making phone calls and emailing. I was emailing um, agents, managers, radio stations, calling. And eventually I got an email from a radio station in Texas saying they liked my song and they wanted to tested on the radio and then they called me and said we love it we would like to put it in rotation oh man that's cool that's cool there's nothing more satisfying than hearing your material being played out or uh being um you know exposed to the public you know that's uh i have some experience with that you know i've been playing in bands you know i was in hair bands back in the 80s you know in early 90s alternative bands and did a CD. Um, it didn't really go much of anywhere, but it did have kind of a cult following, but we did get some airplay, uh, on some local radio here, um, you know, on the East coast and some college stations throughout the country. And it's very satisfying, isn't it? It really is. I'd love to hear your stuff by the way. Oh, okay. Well, you're, you're a very brave person, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah. It, and, and, you know, what, you know, what's really kind of neat too is, I don't know if you've ever been out somewhere like, you know, or been around where, you know, you, you can anonymous anonymously be there while it's playing or something. And you look around and see if people are reacting to it or not. You know, you yeah. look at, you know, you look at people's faces, you, <laughs> or you look at, <laughs> or you look at them like, you know, looking up at the speakers, like, you know, they're outside eating and they're playing it over the thing or the PA and people are like, what is that? Or they're like, Hey, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like almost a moment of truth, you know? That's right. That's right. It makes you feel good though. When you see them Mm -hmm. enjoying it. Absolutely. It it really does. It really does. You know, um, now before you you got into writing and things like that, you know, you've been doing all kinds of things. Had you ever played in a band or, you know, performed out in public before? No, actually, actually this might sound strange to a lot of people, but when I hear other people's music, I hear my own words. I can be listening to, let's just say Carrie Underwood and 
she'll be playing in the background and I'm hearing my own words to whatever the music is. And that's mm-hmm. how I write my poetry. Like I literally sit down and write poetry. I'll write songs and um, it's all from just hearing other people's music. It's so weird. I know it sounds crazy probably. <laughs> well, no, Hey, Hey, it's that, that's your formula, right? That that's your formula. Works. You know, we all, we all accomplish our end product through different paths. You know, people all have different methods of doing things. People have ways that work for them, you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of, your just way of your being you and bringing to the table that, you know, that's your method of bringing it to the table, you know? So, uh, that, that's great. That's great. So, um, you are, you have this, you know, material out and everything, you know, it's, uh, now, now where can people find it? They can find it on Amazon, mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, you can also find it on Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, see what else? Um, Spotify, Deezer, um, a lot of various platforms. Okay. Okay. Great. 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 So it's out there, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, um, you know, streaming and, you know, uh, downloading services world, you know, um, yes. I, yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's come a long way, hasn't it? I mean, I can remember, um, years ago, you know, whenever you got, had some material out, you kind of had to put it out yourself, <laughs> you know, um, friends of mine, you know, from playing music, we would go out and we would buy a whole big box of cassettes. And we would like hook together all these tape recorders. You would have like one master one and all these other ones hitting record, hit record, 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 and dub them and get them out. Now there was one friend of mine and I won't, I won't go on about my stories because this show is really about you, but just to kind of give you an idea as to how things have changed. Um, a band that we were friendly with that we, you know, my band used to play with quite a bit. They went out and they bought a bunch of used cassette tapes from a pastor who used to sell his sermons. And um, this was back in the 90s. He would you know, sell his sermons and mail them out to people on cassette. Well, he had all these cassettes with his sermons on them. So what they did is they bought the tapes, they labeled over top of them and recorded their music over top of the sermons. Okay. Problem was on the second side, there was probably still about 10 minutes left of his sermons at the end after they stopped recording. <laughs> so not only did everybody get their album, but they also got treated to about 10 minutes of a sermon. <laughs> it's a, it's a wild industry. I got to tell it you, is it really is a wild industry. There's all kinds of stories and all kinds of things that can happen to you out there, you know, um, especially playing clubs and stuff like that and, you know, going on the road and everything. Um, so, well, this, this is really great. You know, you've gotten this material out there and everything. Um, did you have any say, I mean, did you, when you, you know, got the material together, did you, you said you went to a studio with it, a producer, did they pretty much handle it from that point on? I mean, did you have any say over the musicians that were playing on it or anything like that? Yes, I chose the musician as well as um, kind of told them what direction I want to go with, with the music, what kind of feel, like comparable to what type of artist. Mm And now I own all of the music rights. So basically I pay to have the master release. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I own all the rights to all my music. Um, So actually I just started my own publishing company called Spicy G Productions. Where there I'm you go. 
Yeah, where I'm going to have I have all seven of my songs in under my um, publishing company. Oh, good, good, good for you. You got to be smart with your money, and you got to be smart with the rights and everything. You know, um, so many people have gotten burned by that over the years, where um, you know they had this great material out and they don't have any claim to it when it's all said and done. And um, that's good. You're being very smart about this. You know, making sure that you got all your I's dotted, your T's crossed, because you don't want to, you know, you turn your back for one second, somebody can kind of work their way in there and you end up with nothing. So very good. Kudos on that, you know. (laughs) Thank you. So I I know that you had mentioned that you've had some other creative projects over the years. What other kinds of things do you have your hands into? Right now, I'm actually working on a feature film with uh, Tina Marie Celine. She's going to be our executive producer. Um, uh-huh. And also Danielle Basuti, um, who you might know from Insidious 2. Uh-huh. Um, she's going to be the lead actress. And it's actually um, a horror movie, oh. a psychological thriller. Uh-huh. Looking forward to hopefully coming back on the show so I can talk to you a little bit more about that. Maybe um, I can bring the girls on the show with me as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've had Tina on a few times uh, to talk about different things. Um, at least twice, I think I've had her on just to, you know, it, it, we, we always have a good time. We were doing some improv mm-hmm. acting back and forth and everything. And um, she's always a delight. She's always a delight, you know. So, uh, so that's great. So, you know, Yep. So, um, you know, when did you really start getting into, you know, I mean, you know, kind of, and you'd mentioned, you know, about the songwriting, but you know, the other endeavors that you're into, when did you really, uh, kind of, was this something that had kind of always itched at you, you know, that you finally just decided to get into, um, now tell us a little bit about your background on that side, I guess. For the music side or the film? Uh, uh, the film. The film. Okay. Well, actually, from the age of 18, I was a model. Um, I did that until um, my early 30s, okay. um, as well as I kind of got into the side of acting mm-hmm. as well. So I was in a lot of commercials, uh, movies, and things of that nature. Oh, okay. Okay. What's some of the, uh, where, where would we see you? Where, where, where are some of the titles you've been involved in or performed in? Okay, so I was in the Super Bowl with Flavor Flav. <laughs> and <laughs> he's a piece also, of work, isn't he? Um, he's hilarious. I, I remember the first time I met him, he had all these clocks hanging around his neck. He was he was actually really nice. Mm-hmm, he was yeah. very nice. And mm-hmm. um let's see, and I also was um in a uh, feature film called Solid Cover mm-hmm. where I was one of the girls in the bar who got in a fight with her boyfriend and he hit me. <laughs> oh. That was an inter- interesting role. Um, and I was also a Labatt's um, girl in a Labatt commercial. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. That yeah. was pretty, that was pretty big. It actually uh, took off in Canada. It did really well. Mm. Yeah. Labatt's is big up there. That's I think that's a Canadian beer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It is, it yep. is, and I'm also in a tragically hit um, music video. I've I've done a lot of um, work with like music videos as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I love being on set. You know, um, 
I really enjoy being on set. You know, I like the whole creative process and watching not only um, you know, the people that I'm acting with and everything, but also just watching the production crews, all the things that they do to make the commercial happen or the film or whatever it is, you know, um, I mean, I guess, you know, you kind of learn after a while, sometimes there's a lot of, uh, you know, hurry up and wait and, uh, you know, hurry up and wait, or you end up standing around a lot of times while they're you know, changing sets or setting things up for you and everything. Um, but in the end, it all ends up being worth it. I've enjoyed all my experiences and everything. Um, have you had any, um, anything disastrous happen? You know, I ask, um, Sometimes when I have bands on, I kind of ask if they've ever had any spinal tap moments or um, anything <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> anything memorable like that, you know, in what you've done. In the film industry, probably not. Um, in the music industry, however, I I was doing my one of my last songs, and I kind of wanted to do something different with it, uh -huh. and I went to direction with it i kind of was trying to go like a dirk bentley kind of vibe uh -huh. with the voice and it didn't really turn out the way that i'd hoped so um that kind of made me laugh maybe i spent too much time at the dirk bentley concert like the week before or something maybe that's why it turned out <laughs> like that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah <laughs> that's funny um there's all kinds of things you know that that i've I've got lots of experiences, you know, being on the road and playing in different places and everything. I mean, it's, it's never a dull moment when you're out there performing like that. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so um, let's see here. Uh, you know, you had mentioned a couple of commercials that you've been in and music videos, any, any particular artists or anything, um, you know, you'd mentioned a little bit about it. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I don't know if you've heard of the Tragically Hip. Um, they're a huge Canadian. I spent some time in Canada. Oh, okay. Um, did a lot of work in Canada um, because I was an American. Um, they kind of tended to hire me a little bit more because a lot of American film crews would go to Canada. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was American, I kind of got a little bit more, I, I want to say, priority sometimes over hmm. people who you know had a little bit more stronger accent perhaps so oh. um, yeah so that that worked well for me when i was living up there um i, I think i was up there for a few years mm -hmm. oh okay okay yeah that, and what was it like living up there i mean I, I think a lot of americans get this idea that the minute you cross the canadian border you're like in antarctica or something <laughs> you know it's like you know, all of a sudden you cross over and like the snow's just blowing and hitting you in the face <laughs> and it's just it's really not that different, is it? It's not. I mean, the people are the same. They're all lovely. It's just the weather is pretty horrible. I lived in Toronto, right outside of Toronto. And sure. Ontario on the water, um, Lake Ontario. Um, and the winter was horrible. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, I mean, that's um, I think Toronto is like a little bit south of like Michigan, really. Um, but it is. It's, you know, when you get up that way, you know, winter is like no joke, you know, because you're, you know, kind of like in the same latitude as like Michigan and Minnesota and Buffalo, New York. And, um, you know, there's just uh, those are the places they go to film the uh, cold and flu medicine commercials, you know, because uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> 
because it's absolutely brutal up there in the wintertime. You know, so many people I know have moved from that area to here because I'm in Maryland where um, if, and where I am. It's like if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes, you know, uh, because it'll be completely different. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, you know, this past spring, I think we've had it one week. We had it in the 50s and the 90s in the same week. You know, it's just no rhyme or reason to it and everything. And um, yeah, I, don't, I, I can't explain it. I don't know. It's just the way I, I'm used to it because I've lived here my whole life, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, you get used to it. You definitely mm-hmm. get traumatized for sure. Right, right. Um, sure. I was ready to move back to the South, though. I couldn't handle the weather. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I think where you are, it's a lot more consistent on a regular basis, too, isn't it? It is. And we get the four seasons. I like being out here. I mean, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee originally. So oh, sure, sure. I enjoy being near the, having the four seasons and being close to my hometown. Okay. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you had mentioned some other modeling. Did you do ever do like print or anything like that or, you know, print ads or you know, billboards or anything, magazines, sure. you know, like, uh, I was a Joe Boxer fitting model for a while. Um, <laughs> it sounds funny now, but yeah, mm-hmm. I did that for a while. Um, I I also did a lot of runway shows. Oh, sure, sure. Like, uh, what? Like a designer would hire you to come out and show off like new clothes that they were designing, and you'd just walk yeah. up and down and let people see you in them and everything. That must have been pretty neat. Now, where where did you do that? Were you going around the world or in around the country doing it i did it in toronto uh, canada okay. um let's see oh, new york um las mm-hmm. vegas but i primarily stayed in the states except for canada oh okay okay well i, I know up, up in new york i think around february every year i think they have like this huge that's like a huge it's like fashion week or something like that where a lot of that stuff's going on was that the kind of thing you were doing yes i was in fact fa- i was in toronto's fashion week Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was up there, um, a couple of years ago for that. Now I didn't go up for that. I was up there to audition and I had to go to, you know, the casting office and, um, yeah, my God, it was mobbed up there. I mean, it was like crazy, uh, with all the people up there for fashion week and you see all these people walking around that are involved. You can kind of <laughs> tell, you know, um, right. You know, because they're the ones wearing all the wild clothes and everything. And, you know, that, that just wear them in everyday life. You know, I mean, um, I, I would think that some of the things that they have in these shows, some of them are just meant to be pieces of art, right? They're not meant for, like, people to wear every day. Most of them are. No, I, I remember some of the things that I actually modeled. I would have probably never worn out. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I and then the designers would actually give you their clothes, but oh. most of most of them I wouldn't wear out. So right, right, yeah. Some <laughs> of this stuff I'm looking at, I'm like what the hell, you know. <laughs> it de- it de- depended on the um, designer. Like some of the designers, some of their their stuff were more like business attire. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Just depends on who you're, you know, who you're modeling for. But um, I enjoy doing it. I got to meet a lot of great people, mm-hmm. a lot of celebrities. Um, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see what you mean, what you're saying there. Then, you know, so, uh, you know, on one runway, you've got, you know, the 
2023 men's suits, you know, and then guys walking out and doing that. And then this one, you've got good Lord. What the hell? What am I looking at? You know, I mean, and I just see, I don't follow that kind of thing, but I just see snippets on the news once in a while. And I'm like, like, what am I looking at? (laughs) Really out there for sure. I can Mm -hmm. understand that. Definitely. But I bet that's an experience, though, too. I mean, it, it seems to be a pretty tight-knit community, and you get to know a lot of neat people doing that, huh? It is. And, like, once you're kind of in that circle and you're auditioning or going to casting calls for um, even, like, the film industry, you start sure. to go up you're, you go up against the same girls, basically. Yeah, I remember, yeah. you, for me, I was kind of typecast in a certain role and basically saw the same girls every time I would go to audition. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's happened with me too. You know, um, when I, well, I, I do most of my auditions now are over Zoom uh, or over, okay. either over Zoom or they're recorded at home and sent mm-hmm. in. Uh, that's been kind of the change in the industry since COVID. I mean, you know, before that, mm-hmm. I was having to commute to New York a couple times a month or Philly. You know, um, Philly's not too, Philly's only like an hour away from where I live, but you know, New York is probably about three or four. Not too bad, not too bad, but it's a lot cheaper to do it from home. <laughs> you know, it's uh exactly. I was gonna say you must be enjoying this right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it seems you get more of them, and uh, but you're not having to go up quite as much, you know. And um right. yeah, and plus the thing is too, you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, um, you know, going up there, you know, kind of had sort of some of its drawbacks, you know. I mean, some of the, the best showbiz advice I ever got. And and this and I've been doing this for years. The best showbiz advice I ever got: don't quit your day job. And I haven't, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, going up there would mean you know, I'd have to use a day off of work to go up, which you know didn't really matter. You know, I had plenty of time, but yeah, you know, I mean, this way I don't have to do that. You know, and you can you know quicker turnaround time. You know, we, my wife and I built a, a video booth and an audio booth in our garage you know that we can use for auditions and everything and you know uh, do you ever do voice or anything i never did the voice no yeah those are fun those jobs are fun you know you get those from time to time mostly uh narration you know you you get the kind you sometimes what you get especially being close to philly because philly is like the instructional video capital of the northeast you know, you go there and you get like um, instructional films for school, instructional films for, you know, uh, medicines, um, films that get sent out that are kind of that tell people about, you know, uh, doctors about you know, new pharmaceuticals that are coming out. You know, so you go up there in the booth, they give you uh, some copy, like the diseases are all like 48 letters long. You know, the medicines are all like four <laughs> letters long. They tell you how to pronounce it. You do it a few times. They're happy. And then I'm like, I have no idea what I just said, but thank you very much. See you next time. You know, but um, <laughs> great. But that's pretty, that, that, that is, um, you know, that is a lot of fun when you can get that work, you know? So um, now, um, you know, so you, you have, um, you know, um, you know, you're, you're currently working on a feature film right now and um is there any more you can reveal about it are you still more in the larval stages right now getting things together like the organizational level or are you um do you have any more you can share 
or are you still kind of under wraps with it? Yes, it's very under wraps right now. We're still in the um, pre-stage. So unfortunately, I can't tell you any more at this point, but Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll be able to come back in a month or two and be able to share some stuff with you. Oh, absolutely. Well, that, that'd be great. I'd love that, you know, for you to come on and everything here. Um, so tell, tell me a little bit more, you know, I've heard, you know, some of the songs that you've sent, you know, you sent me, um, you know, a video, you know, to look at, um, it was some right. of your material. Um, and, um, so you said you have seven of them out right now. Um, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about each, you want to tell us a little bit about each song that you have released? Sure. Um, let's see. I have um, all of my songs are currently country. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a pop song. Okay. As well as a hip hop song. Um, I want to kind of um, expand my horizons a little bit and do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy writing country. That's mm-hmm. really my forte. Um my first two songs were 88 proof, which I believe that was one of them. You probably listened to and mm-hmm. a little alcohol and ice cream. Yep. And those, <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones that are available on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube um, mm-hmm. that you can listen to. My other five are kind of hush hush right now because we are currently working on trying to get a bigger artist to record them. So as you probably know, um, you don't really want to air those. Um, I could be trying to release them on my own right now, but what I'm trying to do is get someone else um, to take them and sing them, like a Carrie Underwood or uh, Morgan Wallen. Um, that That's my hopes. That's what we're working on. So if I release them, it's a lot harder to get a big artist like that to take them. Yeah, I understand that because they don't want it to look like, I guess, that person's doing a cover of something else. You know, yeah. they want yeah. to look like they were the first ones to release it, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just, and I understand how that works too. I was just actually reading a biography of a songwriter by the name Stephen Bishop, who um, has had, you know, hit songs. You know, not only did he release and have his own hit songs and hit records but a lot of other people like eric clapton and phil collins and art garfunkel and barbara streisand and beyonce have all released his songs and everything too and um and and you know also too you know i'm I'm a fan of like people like paul williams i mean if you remember him i mean good lord you know um you might be too young to remember but i remember growing up in the 70s you know i mean that guy was all over the place yeah, and he, did he have, you know, other people singing his songs? He was out doing them as well. And I mean, you, know, you go to a concert and it's like, you know, you hear all these songs that he had written um, or, you know, you watch him on, you know, a, any concert of his and it's like, oh yeah, there's the Carpenters, Three Dog Night, you know, the Muppets, <laughs> all these songs that he had, uh, others had performed and everything that were all his, you know, but um, it, it's great to have a big library like that and that you're, you know, being able to get out there, you know, it, it, it's good that you're able to kind of, um, kind of come in at an upper level as well, uh, with this, you know, um, that's why I decided to open my own company because, yeah. um, right now what I'm working on is creating a website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can actually put all my music on there for sale sure. and 
that is um, in the works right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, right. Yeah. You're getting it out there that way as well. You know, having that to, you know, for people to kind of look at and everything and hear it. Um, yeah. I, I can kind of, uh, you know, remember what it was like trying to do this from the grassroots level up, <laughs> you know, I mean, it looks like you've kind of were able to get in at a little bit of a higher level, which is a great thing, you know, because believe me, um, one thing I've learned about you know, playing music over the years is you pound the hell, you got to pound the hell out of the pavement on an ongoing basis. I mean, yeah. even, you know, the level that you're at now too, but I mean, you know, you're just a band starting out and trying to get gigs, trying to get this, that, and the other thing. I mean, it, it is a lot of work. You know. A lot of work. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Just trying to get yourself in front of the right person to hear your music and listen. It, you know, it, you, you got to make the calls. You got to get out and meet people. You just you just have to have the mindset that you're not going to give up. You just have to keep after it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what were, what allowed you to kind of get your foot in the door doing this? Well, actually, me getting my song on the radio was like the first step. And I mean, I, I spent months and months and I, a lot of people say, well, that's not really a lot for most people, but you know, you know, it felt like it at the time, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself and I'm going to get out there, put my, put my music in front of people. And now people are actually starting to approach me and tell me that they really like my stuff, which is, huge. So I'm actually working with a, a few people right now um, that I'm talking to who are interested in possibly taking me on to write for them. Um, however, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at my options right now. Sure. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Just thinking back, you know, I just, you know, some of the guests that I've had, you know, talking about, their journeys in songwriting and things like that. It, it really is fascinating. Um, you know, the, the way it's changed over the years you know, and the way you get things out nowadays, I mean, you know, electronic media and the internet has really turned the industry on its ear. I think, um, yeah. you know, uh, in, in, in lots of ways in lots of ways, you know, I mean, I'm not sure when you were growing up, but you know, I mean, I can remember, just you know how how things were so different. I mean, I really started following music when I was a kid back in the seventies, and um, it seems like back then. I mean, I don't know if you agree or not, but you know, buying an album was really an experience. Yes. You know, I mean, you would, especially if you got a double album. You know, you go out because you could open those up. Sometimes there was the booklet with it. There was all the liner notes you could read while you were listening to it. I mean, do you remember? You're, I don't know if you remember those days or not, but um, I do. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays it's just like, oh, it's on my phone. Boom, there we go. You know, um, see it now. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, even, days, go ahead. I love the. I love. I, I. I don't know. I love back in the days where you had the records. I still have. I still have all my records from when I was a kid. Oh, is that right? Is that yeah. right? What, what will we find in your record collection if we were looking through it? You would find a lot of Elvis in my record oh. collection. I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. Oh, cool. Yeah. You would find a lot of that in my record collection. Mm-hmm. Um, some Eagles. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm really passionate about my music. Like, I'm hoping that 
I can get it out there. And if it can like touch somebody that that's really what my music's all about. I, I write, um, just from my heart and everything that I do is something that usually is an experience that I've experienced or something that I feel at the moment. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh exactly. Exactly. And straight from the heart, you know, based on, um, things that you've gone through and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I get that. You know, cause I've written a lot of songs like that myself. You know, I mean, um, you know, most of mine have kind of a juvenile sense of humor with it. And thanks to me, but, um, you know, the, <laughs> my juvenile <laughs> sense of humor and some of them are really disgusting, but you know, that's, that's what I put out, you know, um, <laughs> that's what I put out, you know, but yeah, to each their own, you know, we all, um, you know, we all, uh, walk different paths on this earth, I suppose, huh? <laughs> that's right. Yep. So, well, that's, that, that's, that's, you know, Elvis, you know, the Eagles, um, you know, more country heavy, more rock and roll heavy. I'm probably more country. I, I lean more to country and now I'm really into all of the new country. Oh, okay. Um, that's kind of, kind of my music. Now I pretty much only listen to country music probably specifically because that's what I'm writing. So I kind of like emerge myself in it, mm -hmm. um, but I have been listening to a little bit more hip hop and pop just because I'm trying to write um, some different kind of music, but I'm also trying to write right now a, um, a gospel song. Sure. Uh, I wrote a song about my brother um, who passed away mm. uh, and um, I have someone who reached out to me on actually Facebook. Um, he saw it and he said, I think I can take that poem about my brother. And then I was like, yeah, I can turn this into a song. And he saw it and he was like, I think I can take that and put it to music for you. Would you be okay with that? And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, sure. Why not? You know, and he, he's actually working on it right now. It was just so nice to him because he saw like, he saw that I had posted that the other day. Um, when I was thinking about my brother, I just was kind of emotional. I thought, you know what? I just want to honor him. So I put it up on there. And when he saw that he reached out to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I was very sorry to hear that. Very sorry to hear that. You know, you lost your brother like that. It's just a shame, you know, life is short, you know? It is. It really is. Yeah. That's, that's a real shame, you know, but it enjoy every day. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so you, you were telling me about your son, you know, how you were uh, you know writing this material here and he was like kind of Mr. Doubting Thomas there along the way, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, you're not going to get anything with that. You know, right. I, I was thinking about buying some lottery tickets tonight. Do you think you're, you could put some of the, uh, you're never going to win. <laughs> right. You want me yeah. to call him? Maybe he can talk to you. Yeah. 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 Have him, uh, yeah. Have him say, yeah, don't, don't waste your time buying lottery tickets tonight. Make a millions. You'll never get that. You know, <laughs> I work like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's good. Well, you know, it's good that, you know, you're able to do this, you know, and share it with, you know, friends and family and everything too here. Has your, um, what, what does your family and friends think of all this? They're really excited for me. They see some things, some big things happening, um, with my music and the film and they're very, very excited. My son, he, he said, I can't believe mom, you were able to do that. So it was good. Mm -hmm. You know what he me? He told me I'm going to be a professional basketball player, mom. And I was like, you know what? I think you are. 
<laughs> yep. Now nah, he'll never be a professional basketball player. <laughs> Hell no, not even a chance. Uh, there he goes. Might be. Yeah. How tall is he? Um, let's see. He's 14 and he's almost 5'11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He'll probably, yeah. He, he's got a little ways to go yet, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have some good height, you know, no, and no doubt there, no doubt there, yeah. you know, um, you can be anything you want to be. Yep. Yep. So, um, it is have, um, does he do anything, um, as far as, you know, the arts or music or anything like that too, or is he pretty much a sports guy? He actually played the piano from the time he was three until he was nine. And then he didn't, he wasn't interested anymore. He actually played the guitar for a few years as well. Hmm. I'm hoping he'll get back into it, but he kind of just got into sports and has been into sure. sports. Well, that, that's good. That, well, Hey, you know, I mean, th those are all good activities. You know, they all require discipline. You know, they're good for your body and your mind, you know, Hey, you know, you can't, you can't leave kids idle that's when they start getting that's into right. trouble, you know? So as long as they're up to something wholesome and good, you know, you're on the right track. Definitely. Definitely. Well, great. Great. Well, look, you know, I, um, you know, I appreciate you coming on to talk to us today here, you know, um, again, congratulations on the success you've had so far. It's definitely, uh, you know, great to hear. Um, would you like to, um, maybe, uh, you know, this is kind of uh, the time of the show where I can, I call it the, uh, shameless plug time where you, <laughs> where you can shamelessly plug anything you'd like to shamelessly plug with no shamelessness spared and all shamelessness included. So, uh, you can go ahead and have at it. Sure. Um, I would love if you guys would, uh, download my song 88 proof and a little alcohol and ice cream, um, on iTunes. That would be great. Okay. And, um, it's on iTunes. Um, and, um, under your name, Actually, 88 Proof is under Travis Beamer, okay. and a little alcohol and ice cream is Shana McIntyre. Shana McIntyre. Shana McIntyre. Okay. Uh, great. great. That's, not, that's, a, that's a rough combination right there. <laughs> I guess that's probably what the song's about, huh? <laughs> uh, just wait till you hear a little. You haven't heard a little alcohol and ice cream yet, have you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was just kind of, yeah, but, um, I'm just talking in, in real life, you know, uh, you know, boy, I've done that before. And like, boy, was that a mistake, you know, but, um, but your song's not a mistake. It's a good song. It really is good material, you know? Um, and I appreciate you, you know, sharing it with me and, uh, please guys go out and check out Glenda Baker, you know, this material that's out right now and, um, more is going to be coming, you know, uh, Glenda, please please feel free to come back and see us whenever um, you've got something to tell us, whenever you got some good news, some new material, anything, you know, um, our door is always open to you. We appreciate you coming by and sharing what you did today. And, um, and folks, um, you know, you've been listening to Glenda Baker here on foul players radio. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, we will see you next time. 
Well, folks, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed our episode with Glenda Baker. And uh, if you look in the show notes, both on YouTube and um, anywhere that you get the audio version of our podcast, you can see the links to where you can get her music and uh, get a chance to hear it online. Uh, Next week's guest is going to be Paul Castigli. I had a great time talking with him about a lot of different things he's done over the years. He's, uh, uh, amongst other things that he does, he's a writer. He's written for Archie Comics. He's written for um, Looney tunes comics he has written um for the archie weird mysteries and has written for cracked magazine also has a blog called the scared silly by paul castiglia blog on uh, blogspot.com so make sure you check those things out i really had a great time talking with him about you know what we talk about on foul players radio arts entertainment and pop culture so make sure you tune in next week for paul castiglia 